0: Yes, uh, welcome. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the second episode of our IPF uh, community podcast. Today, I am joined with my lovely friend, and a mother, and an artist, and a hairstylist, mm-hmm. and a jack of all trades, basically. Mm-hmm. But my good friend, Kamisha. Yes, she will
1: say hello to the crowd. Hello, everybody. <laughs> I am Kamisha, I am a mom. I am a hairstylist. I am a post-healthcare worker, because we are not doing that ever again. Can you hear that? (laughs) We are not going back to the field. Um, And I have a son. He's two years old. And um, I mean, in the gifs, that's that's, that's all me so far. Um, We'll probably get more into that, because if you can do the math, I'm two years old, then you will obviously know that I was pregnant at the beginning of the pandemic um, and my pregnancy expanded throughout so
0: yeah we'll talk more
1: about that.
0: Definitely and that is exactly why we are here. So we are here to talk about our topic of the day today is actually how our mental health was affected um, and by us I mean those Other women in Mm -hmm. the community um, Especially racialized women In the community Who might have been impacted Mentally um, Traumatically Just any aspect of their well-being During the pandemic While they still had to Carry someone in their body for nine months and yeah. navigate that and figure out what's best even though you don't even know what's best for yourself at that moment. Absolutely. Um, and kind of just jump in and get into all of that, um, all that conversation and actually focus on and be a space where uh, women can hear uh, someone who actually went through it as well as we can kind of like come together and realize you're not alone in that. And myself... I am um, one of the workers on the IPF project uh, for Women's Health and Women's Hands. My name is Shanice, and I am currently seven months pregnant. So we'll also, near the end, talk about how post-pandemic, if you want to call it
1: that. Right, because it's definitely still very real <laughs> Yeah, definitely I s- still happening. I see happening.
0: the postings on the news saying here and there, the numbers are getting outrageous again. So just thinking about what I'm going to look like going into Uh, labor in a few months and what Kamisha feels like now if she has to uh, have another child in the future if she wants to what that trauma will actually translate to so let's get right in and I'm gonna ask Kamisha the first question to start us off when you found out you were pregnant did you also know the pandemic was happening or was it like I found out I was pregnant and then the pandemic just came.
1: Um, so I found out that I was pregnant March of 2020. So it was, I was still working at, you know, where where I was working, the long-term care home um, for the month of January and February. And it was kind of like brewing. So they yeah. didn't really have a lot of conversation about it. It was kind of like, oh, you know, you'd hear a little bit of cases here and there, but literally i found out i was pregnant the first week of march by the second week we're in full blown (laughs) pandemic like it's very like this is closed that is closed um there's no toilet paper um (laughs) people are fighting for the for hand sanitizer and at that point i had experienced uh i think i got checked um and experienced was six weeks at that point so yeah. I was pregnant for a little bit before yeah. I officially was pregnant. And finding out that I was pregnant and having the pandemic happen at the same time, I definitely panicked. Mm-hmm. I cried. When I say I wept because I have a lot of allergies. I um I also have asthma. And so the thought of having to go into my job where my you know my workload is fourteen to one, mm-hmm. I feel sick yeah. because I have morning sickness. I had hyperemesis, so I couldn't even keep food down. Yeah. Couldn't keep down orange juice. Yeah. Couldn't do anything. Um, the thought of having to go into work and manage a workload, having to wear a mask, having mm-hmm. to do all of that, gave me like stagnant anxiety. Yeah. So I ended up having to call my workplace and letting them know like listen i don't feel comfortable going into work i don't feel like you know i can manage Mm -hmm. and i'm pregnant they were like oh okay um you're gonna have to prove that wow in order for us to like make you stay home you're gonna have to prove that Wow. so i had to go to a doctor within like like the next day get an ultrasound the next day for an ultrasound to prove Yeah i didn't just pull this out of nowhere because i heard a pandemic can we just take a moment to talk
0: and make a moment for that that yeah kamisha who was working frontline also pregnant and trying to do what she tried to like force herself or apply herself to still show up for work went to her her healthcare uh provider to bring like proof of what she was going through yep. as a frontline worker. Yep. Like, I think another part of this story that is really um, amazing is that she tried to, like, still show do up. her yeah. diligence as a frontline worker yeah. to not leave her 14 residents that
1: she had to take care of especially, by themselves. Especially, <laughs> right? Because I'm they're expecting me to show up. So, of yep. course, I'm going to call, right? Let them know, like, hey... I don't. I'm not gonna be able to make my next shift. Like, yeah. serious life stuff are happening beyond the pandemic, and they're just like, "Yeah, um, you're gonna have to prove that <laughs> in order for us to give you some type of leeway." And so I ended up proving it, of course. And I mean, we could talk about how I look at that as a ple- blessing and a curse, mm-hmm. um, but we're. I'm. I want to focus on the part of like I. I was on sick leave yeah. because. A month later, two months later, they called me. and They're like, oh, you know, we could find a job for you in the kitchen. I said, I'm not doing that. <laughs> There's no way I paid for my formal Humber College education. education. Yep. Um, this is not a college that, I, a random independent college. This yeah. is an accredited school. Definitely. Where I graduated with honors. You're not about to put me in nobody's kitchen. Yeah. No, that's rude. I said, yeah. I'm not doing that. I have several allergies. And unless you can ensure I'm not going to touch those things, that's not going to happen. You know, they had no choice but to accommodate. Um, so I was on sick leave until um, maternity. But the every couple months, I would get the threat of, like, you have to come back to work. Mm-hmm. You need to come back to work. We're going to find something for you to do. And I'm going to be honest with you. Every single time that I got one of those emails or one of those calls saying, oh, we're going to find a shift for you in July. We're mm-hmm. going to find a shift for you in August. Would literally put me into a panic attack, like literal crying, literal wow. heaving, yeah. unable to catch my breath. And at some point, I got a doctor's note that basically said, "You guys cannot ensure her safety. Mm-hmm. You don't know what this pandemic is looking like. You don't know how it affects somebody who's asthmatic and pregnant. Yeah. You cannot send her back to work. Yeah You have to give her sick leave." And I got that in August. And so I was on sick leave until my maternity. My son was born December um, 12th, 2020. Um, throughout that time, I attended all of my appointments by myself. Yeah. Um, I wasn't allowed to take video, but I've had a few healthcare staff when I did my ultrasounds mm-hmm. that allowed for me to FaceTime so that his father oh, can okay. also so be able to accommodate. Yeah, yeah. Like most of, most of them were able to, were accommodating, but I don't think it was policy. Yeah. So a lot of them were just like, yeah, we don't do this. Mm-hmm. But I've also expressed to them, like, you know, I'm a healthcare worker and they're like, yeah. you know, yeah you know, creeds honor kind of thing. We'll let you do it. And that was helpful. Now I'm going to speed up to my labor. Mm -hmm. Before we get in that, can I ask a quick question? Yes. Just for the audience
0: who's listening. Because I think one thing that racialized people suffered throughout the pandemics from at least what we found in this project is not knowing how their underlying conditions kind of map with COVID-19 itself. Oh, for sure. So when you found out you were pregnant, already knowing your pre-existing uh, conditions, such as asthma, right? was there any panic on the idea of potentially catching COVID? Oh, yes. As well as having asthma and seeing how that all would map out while being pregnant, yes. while going through hyperemesis. Oh, yes.
1: Yeah. All of those things. <laughs> for, mind you, I never left my house for four months. Yeah. If it wasn't for an appointment... Oh, okay. I never left my house. Yeah. Um when people would visit, I would have like extra PPE from like yeah. when I did nursing and PPE from when I did um PSW. Yeah. You put that on. <laughs> you're putting the scrubs on, yeah. you're putting the whole the thing on your shoes, yeah. the mask, the whole thing. So I didn't get a lot of family visits. Mm -hmm. My mother-in-law lived in the same building. She was willing to work with the criteria that I gave her. Um, My father-in-law also was willing to work with those parameters. My mother was willing to work with those those parameters. Like, other family members were not. Yeah. (laughs) They were just like, we're not doing all of that. Yeah. I'm like, listen, you're going to have to quarantine for at least four days before you come to my house. And they're like, yeah, we're Yeah. I'll let you know. (laughs) None of them people showed up. So... Which is
0: kind of understandable, but at the same time, it's right. your experience, and you're trying to protect yeah. something that is in you. But you, like I said earlier, we don't know how to protect ourselves from COVID without knowing what COVID is ourselves, right? Exactly. So we're doing the best we can with the information that is was bombarded with us yeah. on the news, with healthcare systems like being jammed packed. So even if something was to come up. Where would you go
1: in it? Where due diligent go.
0: time exactly to support you and your future? Where you're not
1: sitting in a waiting room for 14 hours, yeah. further exposing yourself. Yeah, if you, if you go there and that's not the case, yeah. your mind is racing because okay, if I go here, they tell me, Oh, it's just a common cold, <laughs> but I've been sitting in there, yeah, for 10 hours. <laughs> wow, Samantha's coughing up a love, yes. John is like, <laughs> Can't taste for nothing, <laughs> and his Fighting for air. Yeah. Um, I'd rather not. And so yeah, I was I was alone at home a lot. I started vlogging, so I am <clears throat> I did start my vlogging channel because of that. Mm-hmm. And there's one video that I put up where I was talking about I was literally I'm not a person to cry on the internet, but I cried in that video. Because yeah. the thought of having to go back to work was just like absolutely not. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was terrifying. Um so, my labor was uh, three days. I labored for three days. Was this at home or at the hospital? I labored at home for about two, for about a day and a half. Mm-hmm. And then, or more than a day and a half. About two days. I'll call it two days because I went to the birthing center at like 11 p.m. Oh, okay. um, and at the, I, I couldn't get past four centimeters. I, and they ended up having to burst my water. And oh, so, okay. I ended up, he had marconia. Yeah. So I would have to go to the hospital, which is what I did not want. Yeah. Because I'm very well aware as a healthcare worker, I'm very well aware mm-hmm. of like the dispositions against people like me, yeah. the dispositions against black women, the dispositions mm-hmm. against indigenous women. Like I'm very aware of that. Yeah. And so when I was picking my birthing plan, I picked a um midwife. Over an OB because I didn't want the clinical experience. I wanted something that was a little bit more nurturing. Mm-hmm. And I picked a birthing center because I wasn't ready to do at home. I've seen the videos. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> you shit in that pool, you kind of got a favorite that. Yeah. And I just wasn't completely comfortable with the hospital. So that was like my happy medium. Mm-hmm. And when that didn't happen, I was forced to go to a hospital. Okay. The hospital experience was interesting. It was good for the most part. I had a surgeon that was pretty dismissive mm-hmm. um, She was trying to get rid of my midwife because I know for a fact when you transfer from to, into a hospital, you don't get to keep your midwife. Your oh, midwife okay. actually has to leave because it's a yeah. transfer of care oh, okay. but at the time, I basically you know told my sur- the surgeon the two surgeons, one of them that was on time mm-hmm. I was explaining to him like, listen my midwife has to be here this is my advocate
0: Mm
1: -hmm. my fiance cannot advocate for me because his knowledge is not you know what I mean it's not there it's not the same and I cannot advocate for myself even though I have the like the verbal capacity to do so the vocabulary the understanding i get it however in this state where i'm in extreme pain yes and exhaustion and labor if you guys don't know go check out a youtube
0: vlog also check out kamisha's which we will share her at the uh, end youtube name but you will see what labor and delivery is like oh you cannot talk or advocate as well as you know you could listen the other
1: day (laughs) you can have all the words in the world that doll and ginger ale <laughs> diet will definitely make you forget some things. I was living off of doll, crackers, and ginger ale for two days. So there was no way I was going to be able to speak for myself in terms yeah. of what I want. To and if my I can quickly plan. ask,
0: was your partner allowed to be in the room as well? Let's say you didn't have your midwife, but was there any restrictions on how many people were allowed in the room with you because of COVID still? Or was there a there need
1: um, there were, I can only have one other person though, at oh, that time. Okay. So in the beginning when I had like sent in my forms yeah. to secure um, my hospital, it was like, no, yeah. you and the midwife. And okay. then as I progressed, they ended up saying, okay, well you and your partner and okay. your midwife, Okay. your mother-in-law cannot come.
0: Yeah. Your mom <laughs> cannot come. I was just curious because I always see midwife as being not necessarily I mean, they are a physical extra human in the room right but i don't see them as being an extra person right which would interfere with the situation their medical staff yeah right. so they're kind of just someone in the corner like they can stand in the corner and say okay breathe out or you're doing great or how about you try this or coach your partner along the way where i never right. understood during the pandemic why that was because you're not the first person i heard as well that said they kind of had to like swap out really quickly or near the end like the oh, mother no. would just be having a full-blown panic attack, anxiety attack. Yeah, where staff was like, "Fine, just like let, just let all it in. be." <laughs> so,
1: and I feel like this is—it's kind of like that. Is except my panic attack was very eloquent <laughs> in terms of like. This is my advocate. Yeah. I'm not calling her any I'm not calling her a support system. Yeah. I'm not calling her a, a favorite cousin or auntie. This yeah. is this is my advocate. Yeah. And I have a right to an advocate. Definitely. It cannot be him. He has to be here because he is the father and he's allowed to. Yeah. She is my advocate right yeah. now. If anything happens to me medically, legally, this is the person that I'm giving that power of attorney to. Yeah. She cannot leave the room. Yeah. And they were like, "Okay." <laughs> You, sound like like you know what you're doing. right yeah <laughs> you know what you're doing um. so shout out to Dion she's amazing Toronto midwives um, midwives of Toronto she was amazing mm-hmm. um, when I had the second surgeon come in Miss ma'am did not even introduce herself wow she came in and shoved her whole forearm up my vagina oh. without saying who she is mm-hmm. why she's here and I knew that was wrong because Definitely. When you're in healthcare, they teach you. Consent. Consent. Consent.
0: consent. Okay. <laughs> when you
1: come in, you must introduce yourself. Why yes. are you here? What is your name? What is your date of birth? I got none of that. Yes. I made sure when I was done, I wrote a letter mm-hmm. with her name included. I wrote three. They sent three of those. I sent all three of them back <laughs> with her name and an indication <laughs> of what I experienced. Because it was very insensitive. Yeah. Even though uh, the... The what she wanted to do, which was um, give me, make me labor for the rest of the day. So Mm -hmm. eventually I got an epidural because it was like, listen, that's not, this is not gonna happen. (laughs) Yeah, I'm tired. This is not gonna work. I got an epidural. She wanted me to labor um, the entire day. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, if his heart rate is going up and then going down, and every time it comes back up, it goes lower when it goes down, I don't want to wait until the end of the day yeah to see what happens see if i get to 10 centimeters she was very dismissive of that i looked at her and i said listen (laughs) the free the first doctor was on time yeah we came up with the plan i signed the waiver for the c-section yeah we're not doing what you're saying we're doing yeah you know what i mean and she's like well i just want to see you're not gonna see with my baby (laughs) and me you know what i mean that type of dismissiveness towards my pain towards my exhaustion Mm -hmm. towards like getting me what I need and so that wasn't the best experience for me um but my c-section was beautiful did you have to wear a
0: mask at all during your c-section
1: um they tried okay that was not happening and did your partner have to wear he did yeah he had to wear a mask he was able to come into the room Um, the c-section room which is also something that again I feel like if I wasn't so eloquent in how I spoke (laughs) a lot of these things would not have happened because we are still full-blown pandemic December 12 2020 so a lot of it I feel like because I was very Mm -hmm. eloquent in how I spoke and very clear in using the right words and speaking and talking about what I wanted and And so that was able to happen. Post-pandemic, now, post-baby, I should say, um, I had some issues with my C-section. And they were giving me a nurse to come to my home every day to clean. Um, I had to go back a week after and get my incision reopened and drained. Because it wasn't closed properly by the surgeon that I had.
0: Yeah,
1: Which added... To my third letter Ma'am did not close And if
0: I can just say a disclaimer real quick To the folks that are listening In no way or form is this podcast Belittling Any nursing staff Or doctors Or whatever healthcare providers at all We are simply just shining light To uh, a racialized woman Mm Kamisha, Who also happens to be a frontline worker Prior to her delivery Her experience and what she went through And what right. she felt in that moment. But by no means are we saying, you know, trash everyone else that was part oh, of this. It's no. just her experience. And there are many other women who feel like there could have been a different approach to the service that was given, whether Absolutely. there was a pandemic or not so right just want to throw that out there before we get into the furthermore of furthermore of it so recovery state. my
1: recovery nurse out of out of my surgery was amazing She was mm-hmm. an amazing woman my daytime nurse when i stayed for recovery was amazing mm-hmm. my nighttime nurse was not the best but yeah. you know what i mean it's nighttime i'm not expecting her to be perfect <laughs> you got the lady next to me was screaming <laughs> she was doing what she could <laughs> Um, but when I got home, uh, my incision had to get reopened, drained. I had to, you know, have a nurse come in every day, take care of it. At some point, I would, after a week of my six weeks, mm-hmm. I would have to leave my son to go to a clinic. Wow. Because um, because of COVID, they couldn't yeah. continue to keep sending someone into my home. Yeah. They had to leave, reserve that for people who could not leave their home. And because technically I could leave my home, even though I shouldn't be on my feet and can't bear weight. um, They're like, okay, you're going to have to go to a center, which was fine. I did the center for a few weeks. And then after a few weeks, I had to prove that I could do my own care. So for three weeks of my six weeks, I had to do my own wound care. Would you have to go back and show them
0: what you did, like your work, so they could... Yeah, but really. I would have to
1: do it at the end of the week. Oh, okay. So I would have to go back once a week instead of going every day. Because oh, okay. I was going every day for two weeks. Yeah. And then they were like, okay, we're going to trust you. Like, um, We're going to watch you yeah. do your wound care, do your irrigation, yeah. put your stuffing, take it out. Like, like We're going to watch you do that. Yeah. I did it. They passed me. I said, yes. <laughs> I'm really great at what I do. <laughs> um, and uh, it was it was it was an interesting time for me after that Um, and if you think
0: about it you gave birth december 12th so if you're counting the weeks that was like the rest of december yep going into the holidays Mm -hmm. just trying to find time to like kind of recuperate with you're delivering a child and bringing life into this world Uh and then breastfeeding
1: the whole thing yeah
0: extra madness to add within, dealing with someone coming into the house again, mm-hmm. um, not knowing, you know, not necessarily that they're not being safe while they're at other places, but you never know what you can bring into someone's They're going Thomas into multiple houses on COVID their shift, well. right? Like, so I, I feel like, if I can say, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but there was a lot of like just mental stress. Oh my goodness. All within
1: those six weeks after oh, December 12th. <laughs> listen, having to have, the, the woman who came and did my care She was amazing too, and she was down with the whole take take the whole thing off yeah the jacket the shoes the whole the whole shebang not the quick I'll keep my jacket on because I'm leaving soon oh no Miss Mam was outside in the hallway in her socks (laughs) (laughs) her socks and her jacket hung on a bag outside of my house and then she would come in and get dressed in the in the gown the mask the whole do the care. Get undressed. I would stand there with gloves and a plastic bag for her to take off all her stuff, put it in the garbage, yeah. and then go outside. Can we give a clothes?
0: clap for that? Was coming, because she, she really was went above and beyond when she didn't. She, she did. Does have to, but you know, sometimes you just gotta. Some of them just want to, you know, quickly get in and get out. But she went above and beyond and didn't question
1: that. So and she pushed, pushed for me to, it. yeah, she pushed for me to um, contact Lynn and request um, for more for that for them to come in for yeah. an additional week like yeah. she pushed for it because she's like yes you don't have covid but you just had a baby yeah you need them to come in Definitely. you need me to come in you need <laughs> someone to come in so she was amazing but that was my labor that was my labor time yeah um and now fast forward after that six weeks we're kind of coming
0: into out of the pandemic but still like oh do we still want people around us or not? No. So what was that like now that you kind of recovered a little bit with your C-section? You have your baby who is probably going on a month now because of the six weeks, uh, give or take, and kind of coming into where the pandemic is seems to be like peaking out, says the news outlets. We're There's, not really sure. There, there,
1: was, there were talks, but nothing was ever significant because the numbers were raising. Yeah. But I know we talked
0: earlier before we started this podcast that obviously when you have a baby you have your one week appointment I think you have your two week appointment and then you have your month old appointment if I'm not mistaken Mm -hmm. I had my son five years ago so mind with me but (laughs) in that time that's when kind of like the vaccination was like drilled into the community that you have to get it or. You cannot receive healthcare in any capacity. Yeah. Or they have to visually see you through a laptop screen or on your phone, which doesn't really do anything if you're physically going through something like eternally in your body. Yeah. But needless to say, you had a newborn and now the vaccination is coming up. And now you have to start that process. What was that like?
1: So we were okay for the first four months of his life. A lot of our appointments were, you know were honored regardless Mm -hmm. of the case it was when he got to about eight months Mm -hmm. and he started to experience you know their nasal passages are smaller little things are changing but you're still you can sneeze and you're thinking okay now he has a cold (laughs) right now he has a cold he's going. which who's who's the last one here like that kind of stuff Um, There were a couple of times where we would go try to take him to like a walk-in pediatrician's clinic because we couldn't get an appointment with his doctor. Also, his pediatrician would not see us because we weren't vaccinated. You and your partner. Me and my partner weren't vaccinated. And both of us kind of had to be there. Definitely. Um, There were... His pediatrician's office wouldn't see us. They said we'll do virtual visits. And I just didn't... That wasn't enough for me. I wanted someone to see my baby. Definitely. This is a whole new person. I just met them. (laughs) (laughs) We're still strangers at this point. We're we're still strangers. Yeah. Yeah, You know what I mean? So um, there were a few pediatrician's office that when we would call... Mm-hmm. They would ask us if we were vaccinated. And we weren't, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Yeah, so we can't, you can't bring your son." I'm like, but he's the one who's sick, and yeah. they're like, "Well, he can't get a vaccination." Well, obviously, yes, he's under one.
0: Yeah,
1: it's like, okay, well, you guys yeah. need to be vaccinated, and it's like, well, so how is like, so no one's gonna see our son? They're like, oh, well, that's our policy. Then we call the next one. Well, that's our policy. Then we call the next one. Well, that's our policy. Yeah. And so we had to work with the virtual appointments Mm -hmm. and then eventually it kind of put us in a position where it's like, we've lived our lives. What's the worst that can happen? Because there was so much unclear about vaccinations and there was so much propaganda around um, adverse events, Mm -hmm. adverse effects, side effects, all these different things. And so we were, we didn't really want to get it, but If we... If our son really does get sick... Then... What are we... Yeah. What are we going to do? We can't... take him to the hospital was a absolute not going to happen. Because yeah. I was, like, terrified. Mm-hmm. The hospital is a huge-ass cesspool of bacteria. <laughs> to me. To me. This yeah. is not to, like... You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I know... Communal bacteria spreads faster yeah. when somebody goes into a hospital. And that's just my educational experience. So I was just like, that's not going to happen. Yeah. So eventually we ended up and caved in and got the vaccination. We had gotten Pfizer because okay. we felt like it was had the least amount of propaganda around it in yeah. terms of adverse effects. Yeah. And so that was one of the things that we thought about and what made us do it was a simple fact that we need someone to see our baby. Yeah. Whether I'm realistic in like him being sick or not, I needed my mind to be at ease. And if I have to take something that even if I'm afraid it's going to harm me... Mm-hmm. I'm going to take it, because yeah. I don't necessarily... He just got here. Yeah. I've been here a whole 28 <laughs> years. <laughs> if something's supposed to happen, it would have happened already. Yeah. He still has not even a whole 365. Yeah. So That
0: makes sense.
1: So that, that was the choice that we were forced with at the time, because the constant pediatrician clinic's refusals was just too much. Yeah. And, I mean, I was at home. I was on maternity. But my mental health definitely suffered a lot, and I don't know if I've told you, but in November of twenty twenty one, I ended up getting twelve therapy sessions from Women's Health and Women's Hands. Amazing. Yeah, which was <laughs> life changing. Yeah. When I say like that was a life changing experience for me, it was a huge um, push. To get me out of the postpartum depression mm-hmm. because I, I had postpartum depression. It was yeah. diagnosed by my doctor. And a lot of it came from the anxiety and fear of my maternity ending. Mm-hmm. And I have to go back to work. Yeah. <laughs> and we're still in the yeah. pandemic. And now I have this little person whose immune system is developing. Yeah. And I don't want them to get COVID from me. Yeah going to work and coming home and this was before my maternity was even over and it was in my third session that I was speaking to my therapist and I told her like I don't want to do this I don't want to go like she told me you know close your eyes or just put yourself in a space where you would have to go back to work and I had a panic attack yeah I had a panic attack I cried I couldn't catch my breath for at least 12 minutes of just constant heaving panic and She told me, like, so, you know, going back is a no. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you're going to do. You know what I mean? Like, what is something that you enjoy doing? Because going back into that is not it. It's not going to work. do
0: you think you were more hesitant to go back because you kind of experienced so much already in the pandemic where it was, like, just hard to be placed back in there after having that maternity leave? Or do you think it was... I know how to care for myself in the pandemic, but I don't know how other people are caring for themselves in the pandemic to then make me feel safe enough to be in that space with them. Or do you think it was a combination of both or something completely different where the pandemic, COVID, all of that, throw it in a bag. I want no part. Leave me. I want to
1: say (laughs) that it is a combination of both. I feel like it's a combination of both simply because um, I was stepping back into... A well-known hospital I was stepping back into a space where I was also being updated on how things were going there even though I wasn't there yeah and I feel like I was being updated formally through emails and I was being updated through staff that I know are actually working there so you get one email that says one thing yeah and then you have your friend on shift saying "Uh uh-uh baby girl that's not what's happening yeah these people are doing something else (laughs) (laughs) things are changing you know the responsibility is more we have more um parameters around what we're supposed to be doing your shift's not normal anymore it's not coming and do this it's coming and do all of these things before you even get on the floor like the i just felt like the responsibility got so much heavier yeah um on top of considering the fact that i'm gonna spend eight hours of my day sometimes 10 yeah with these people um their families cuz at that time they were letting families visit. Yeah. So there there were too many factors cuz now it's not just the the client and the patient. Yeah. I'm dealing with the patient, the the children, the yeah. grandchildren, like everybody yeah. coming. And in. then 10 hours on
0: the shift, but when you 10 go home, hours. you oh. have to shower, Ooh. you have to decontaminate yourself. Uh-huh. You have to make sure like the space around you is clean and I don't know for you, but for myself, when I would come home from work, I was literally like light sawing, clear rocks, cleaning like everything. everything, even though I knew I cleaned already. And I was clean, but I still was like, you no, know, before dinner even starts, I have to do this again. And by mm-hmm. that time, it was seven. And before you know it, it was bedtime and up again at first seven o'clock in the morning. So
1: to show up for my seven to three. Yeah. So I'm getting up. To, to then 5. be overwhelmed
0: again with the next day.
1: With the movies. next day. And at that time I'm thinking about childcare. I'm thinking about, you know, his dad staying home because he works from home. Mm-hmm. He's still working. It's not yeah. like he's at home doing nothing. Yeah. He's at home working. And it's, it's his first child with yeah. a newborn. He's never had a baby in a house with yeah. him before. I've had nieces and nephews. I could function. Yeah. He cannot. And <laughs> so just having to manage all of those things, it just, the thought of it weighed on me so much. Yeah. It was absolute not going to happen. And so um, through therapy, talking through a lot of other personal stuff, it was like the next succession of my life had to be a space or a a situation where I can organize my hours, where I can control the the kind of people I experience. I can control, you know, if I'm a hairstylist, so if somebody wants to book an appointment, I can put them through screening. Yeah. I can I can decide whether or not to take that client or not. Yeah. I can decide if I want to do this in my home or go to theirs. Like I have the option and I have the control. Yeah. And I just feel like if stepping into that I wouldn't have that. Definitely. But the income mm-hmm. and the stability of having a regular check come in would make me complacent in terms mm-hmm. of if they told me you need to get a booster shot, I'm going to do it. If yeah. they told me that I have to, you know, take this vaccine over another i'm gonna do it because yeah. this is my source of income yeah i did not want to get stuck into that state yeah. i did not want to get comfortable with mediocrity i didn't want to get stuck in the space of okay i know this check is coming so i'm gonna just do this yeah. i didn't think it would have made me a better healthcare worker either mm-hmm. and i don't think it would have made me a better mom and i just did not want to i didn't i felt like this is the harder way yeah but the ops like the the pot the chances of growth yeah were exponential as opposed to like oh we're just gonna stay here yeah do you know i mean mean? you're
0: gambling on something but i mean the question that i always ask and always try to be mindful of myself as well even now Mm -hmm. is is it worth gambling what potentially could happen Mm -hmm. over my mental health Mm -hmm. and my mental health cannot take another impact Mm -hmm. um with what happened in COVID and that's another episode for another time but dealing with something and being, being able to like validate and vocalize mm-hmm. what you're going through like Kamisha said she went and got the therapy mm-hmm. she realized that something's not right and it's not even uh, as she mentioned and correct me again if I'm wrong but not postpartum because she has a new baby and she doesn't love the baby but postpartum as in so much has happened back to back to back to back mm-hmm. where I didn't have time to even, like...
1: Okay. Breathe. <laughs> Breathe and take in, take in my reality as yeah. it is happening. So right? there's
0: different forms of postpartum as well, um, where it's not just I can't look at my baby and they're making me sad, but postpartum as in your life just shifted and understanding how mm-hmm. you got from A to B so quickly and, like, a blink of an eye mm-hmm. is also a way that postpartum depression can And you them. don't want
1: to make the wrong decision yeah that's going to affect that this new person yeah that like you don't want the consequences of your choices right. to ruin this person yeah.
0: it's no longer you picking big macs
1: <laughs> or a caesar salad do we
0: make it a <laughs> large fries or
1: a medium We're no actually it's like exciting eat- real
0: health Real life choices, mm-hmm. where we live, what school they're going to go to, mm-hmm. religion aspects like, even picking their name sometimes is like a whole other stress. It's a cause, whole you're like, other thing. what will their life look like if I name them this over this? Like, right. there's just a lot of things that go into it. But if we can shift gears a little bit, cause mm-hmm. you mentioned, you know, getting vaccinated after having your son and feeling a little bit pressured like the only way I can make a good health path for the future is if I do this. Looking back now and with what the media was putting out or what the news was saying or blogs or wherever you were getting your information from, did you have any concerns about future pregnancies getting and was Pfizer enough of a conversation where that Thought didn't come into play because of the residual effects that it might have? Or do you still feel we don't know until that time happens?
1: Um, I don't think I... I don't think that I felt like it would affect future pregnancies. And I, I would want to say that my educational background mm-hmm. with nursing and with healthcare was a huge reason for that. Because okay. I... I feel like the general public does not have the knowledge and... Like, they'll say common sense isn't common kind of thing, but I feel like when you've had training, like we have had, or I did George Brown for two and a half years as an RPN, like, I have an understanding of how medications work. I have an understanding of how vaccines live or dead work. Like, I'm very aware of how those things work. I understand how the body works. I understand how... Long those things sit in the body and mm-hmm. how they affect. So to me, in my mind, I'm like, the next time I have a child, <laughs> my body will have regenerated at least <laughs> several cells before, you know what I mean? Yeah. I just didn't feel like, I, I didn't think that far ahead. Mm-hmm. And I also didn't feel like it would have a significant effect. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. the only thing that would prevent me from wanting to have another child is the overall social, political, and economic effect of a pandemic. Oh, okay. The mental.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't want to get pregnant again mm-hmm. and have them say the world shut down. Yeah. I can't. I don't think I can yeah. do that again. Have everything change so drastically like that yeah. is not something I want to experience pregnant. The next time that I have a baby, mm-hmm. I want to be mm-hmm. around my family. I want them to be able to come around me. I want to be able to go outside and talk to my neighbor I want to be able to like live my life and have I don't want to say normal but have the expected experience that a pregnant person yeah. has like I want my fiance to come to my appointment I yeah. want my mother and my mother-in-law to be in the room I want that yeah and I feel like if I get pregnant and a pandemic I'm not gonna get that yeah that's not what's gonna happen I don't think it had much to do with the vaccine mm-hmm. because I'm my my mental just doesn't process it as that. Yeah. Now, it's not to say that people who've had residual effects, that's not... Their experience isn't real. Yeah. Because if you and I know, health doesn't show up the same in everybody. Yeah. Disease and pathogen they don't show up the same in everybody. Yeah. So I cannot expect what happened to Susie to happen to Sam. It's not yeah. the same thing, right? Okay, I mean. But it's also not common knowledge. Yeah. So... I can't discredit, you know, no. how people feel about that. That makes
0: sense because right? me being pregnant now, I mean, it was a, not a wait if I wanted more children, but like I was already coming off of my coming down from my mental health mm-hmm. impact, mm-hmm. where I was like, okay, I'm finally getting my bearings again. Mm-hmm. Is pregnancy something I wanted to add again? Well, God had other plans, and He already said, "Girl, we already done did that." Listen, you so. You are here. <laughs> when that happened, <clears throat> I think something shifted again in me because I just came out of being a healthcare worker, like frontline worker, having COVID myself, and all those mental health difficulties, and mm-hmm. coming out of therapy, where I knew being pregnant is also in like the first trimester is already an isolating factor Mm -hmm. you don't know Mm -hmm. who you want to share with you don't know who you should share with you Mm -hmm. don't know if it's real you don't know anything what's happening inside of you other than the stick of your pregnancy test is plus yes Mm -hmm. um so it was very isolating for me where i felt like i was in COVID again without having COVID itself i just felt like socially I defeated mm-hmm. I was isolated and my partner he was very supportive but also he didn't understand what that felt like for me because I couldn't vocalize what I was going through I just knew shutting down was something I, need, I had to do it's because I was trying to make sure the baby was still thriving mm-hmm. but survival. with that being pregnant now and even though it seems that there's a quote unquote normalcy to our lives I go into doctor's appointments and I get like hot, like my body gets hot Mm -hmm. because masks are not mandatory in every offices. Mm -hmm. Someone can come in there and have uh, some type of documentation saying why they don't need to wear a mask. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have a mask on and masks already for me, although I wore it prior to the pandemic as a frontline Mm -hmm. worker. Yeah. I still had the choice. Like, I knew how long I was going to be with that resident where it didn't impact me to, like, get overwhelmed or claustrophobic with yep. having a mask. Mm-hmm. But sitting in a doctor's office, even we, now, mm-hmm. after the pandemic, because the wait times are, like, yeah, man, <laughs> with clients Unreal. and patients, Unreal. that I could be sitting with a mask on for, like, two hours. And that gets me, like... Hot. Like, I don't, it's just a crazy feeling. And now... You know, I've heard women say that they've tested positive, actually, as they're getting labor, where then their whole labor plan shifts. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to think negative, but one thing that also Kamisha shared earlier is you have to have a delivery plan, mm-hmm. a labor plan, mm-hmm. that your midwife, your opi, your doula, whatever the case may be, walks through with you prior to the weeks coming up where you actually give birth. And that can change like that. Mm-hmm. So not knowing the possibilities, but also knowing what could happen brings a lot of anxiety to me while being pregnant now where I kind of don't leave my house mm-hmm. or I attempt to leave my house, but then I'm like, oh, I don't think so. Or I look outside, and I'm like, mm, there's like too many people <laughs> or I'll go out somewhere and see that there's too many people and like turn back and come home. Like, it's just a lot where most of my shopping that i've done for my uh baby has been online where when i was pregnant five years ago with my son Mm -hmm, i was in the stores Mm -hmm. i wanted to like do my registry and click and Mm -hmm. do all that stuff all the fun stuff that i experienced with my son i felt like i missed out this time around with Mm -hmm. just having those back thoughts so to throw it back to kamisha do you think everything that you've been through all of the mental health obstacles that you had to overcome, will that still be up in the back of your head come the future even if there isn't a pandemic just because of those experiences or do you think you know that was that this will be this
1: in short in short form <laughs> yes <laughs> Yes, definitely um, I still experience like post anxiety when it comes to crowds. Mm overwhelming spaces overwhelming amounts of people yeah that tickling your throat cough the 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 rubbing of the hands on your nose yeah some people have like nervous ticks where they do that yeah. or like or the people standing
0: you're punching in your atm oh like you're democrat and they're like right there breathing on the back of your neck Ooh, and you have to be respectful because there might be an older person but you just turn back and give that look like Ooh,
1: girl we still have covid <laughs> disclaimer i do not promote violence but i'm gonna tell you one thing i went to staples and i was checking out and this lady was literally so close to me I turned to her i said ma'am unless you're gonna pay for this i will throat check you if you step any closer to me because why are you so close yeah. miss ma'am you want to put your card in do you want to put your card in she, she stepped back i said yeah that's a good idea ma'am there's still a two feet requirement this that's unspoken up i'm sorry covid <laughs> step back ma'am there's no need so yeah like i have that i still have." residual anxiety about being in spaces where there's too many people and there's no chance of like creating distance Mm -hmm. that's still like a a thing for me um i was invited to a concert did not happen (laughs) i was not going to that i'm like listen how many exits are there oh god there's only two Mm -mm. (laughs) because that's too many people Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like to me that's too i I went to fantasy fair one saturday to bring my son and there were so many people With children. Children, I love them. Gross. (laughs) And in my mind, I'm like, I'm not, I don't want to bring my son here. Because there's too many coughing, sneezing, grandma coughing, auntie coughing, baby coughing. Everybody sneezing. All of those things. So I definitely still have some post-pandemic. It's like trying to find a balance. Like, go back to
0: allowing your child to be a child. Mm -hmm. But also in a space that's safe. For them, but mm-hmm. also say for yourself. And although vaccinations are available for children of certain age groups now, the same thought process of mm-hmm. or hesitancy that mm-hmm. we might have had getting our vaccines that is now duplicated because you have a child where yep. you're like, wow. I mean, they get the regular shots, but like this it's different we don't we don't know yet i so, usually don't
1: know until like 10 years later yeah so you don't want to be the one to make a decision like that so yeah
0: but yeah this was a wonderful conversation it was um it really shined light on some of the things the challenges not even things challenges that women face racialized women face mothers face that wasn't really spoken about you hear A lot during the pandemic of how frontline workers were impacted but besides that there's a whole another community such as mothers that were birthing during the pandemic that did not have the space to share that so this conversation hopefully will tie it in together and sit well with you or resonate with you or somebody you know. Um, hopefully because we belong yeah. to both <laughs> <laughs> we got it all over here. <laughs> but before we end this po- uh, this episode I would like Kamisha to share some of her if she feels comfortable her social medias where to find her uh, her YouTube channel uh, and what kind of content she puts out and if she wants to do a shameless plug she can also put where she does hair if you ever Ooh, want we an can, appointment we can. Um, I so everything.
1: share those quickly before we end off um, my Instagram and YouTube is I am Misha Od. That is I A M M I S H A O D. Both the Instagram and the YouTube are the same. Um, my business page and my hair page is New Being Hair, which is N U underscore B E I N G Hair. Um, and the salon I currently work at is in Pickering. It's called This Is Curl Code. It is um, by Liverpool by the Pier. Um, in Pickering area, so if you're in Durham, you can come and check me out at This Is Curl Code. Um, yeah, those are all my socials. How do you feel about this episode? You feel okay? I feel good. Yeah, I feel good. I'm always I'm always open to like sharing my experience. I mean, I share it with people all the time <laughs> <laughs> because I am a huge believer in informed consent. Yes. So I always like to tell people my mm-hmm. personal experience with stuff so that they can like the honest and raw I mean we kind of yeah. kept it very you know yeah for this but like I always share my experience with things um very raw and in detail for people mm-hmm. so that they can have like all the possibilities and make the best choices Definitely. so
0: and as we met, as Kamisha mentioned earlier, she went through Women's Health and Women's Hands to get yes, her therapy. Yes, please. And that is a place downtown to Carlton Street. Yes. That offers many, 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 many services. services for racialized women, Not, no documentation uh-huh. women, immigrant women, all of them, young, middle age, older mothers people of the LGBTQ plus community, Everyone. every aspect yeah. that you can think of, women's health and women's hands will not turn you away. And if they don't have the resources themselves, they will, they will work hard you. to direct you to where yeah. they partner with or other agencies that offer those support systems. Like I said, this is the IPF community podcast. So our project is working on and putting out information to make sure that women in the racialized communities understand that there is a part at women's health and women's hands that understand what happened where they came from all of their struggles or mental health uh overlays that they had to go through during the pandemic and be that space for them to come together absolutely so i hope you enjoyed this podcast episode look out for the other episode there should be a few more i won't share those uh topics as keep it a little surprise with it right but thank you again for tuning in Yay. and thank you Kamisha for joining. You're welcome.
1: Me.